MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. This is the uh, Indiana Ironman Motocross wrap-up. Thanks uh, thanks again, BTOsports.com. Check them out on the web, BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX.com when you're checking out to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. They got OEM parts. They got Andrew Short. They got Justin Bright. And they got David Millsaps now on the BTO Sports KTM team. And, uh, of course, Fox Racing Flex Air stuff out now. 2016 Flex Air, Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungey. Foxhead.com, continue, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Go to your local authorized Fox dealer, and if your dealer doesn't carry Fox, go to a different dealer. All right, thanks, everybody. Like I said, this is the Indiana wrap-up. I'm Steve Mathis with me on the line, live from uh, Indianapolis Airport, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. We didn't do a word of the day last week, but we somehow picked it up over our text, and it was lobster claws, and I thought you forgot, and you squeezed that in. Good job. Yeah, it was a combination of forgetting and then realizing, well, we might as well just make it dramatic now. and, and go. Might as, I think I figured it out with about 15 minutes to go. I'm like, let's just do it in the very last segment of the year. Right. But, yep. again, I was very nervous. Again, but very nervous. It was it was great, though. Like, has the lobster claws on the trophy. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, like a natural. Well, if, you at, yeah. if you look at Jeremy Martin's little hands, it almost looked that way, but it wasn't the time. We didn't have the right time to say it when he was holding the plate. I think we were a commercial when he got the plate or something, so I had to give a Plessinger. Right, right. Okay, no, I liked it. I thought it was good. Good job on that. Uh, also on the line, a legend and a hero, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Oh, just uh, basking in the, the disappointment of what could have been. <laughs> oh. I, just, I just watched a bit of the race this morning, and uh, you had – basically the whole shot with Guy Cooper. You and Guy Cooper going, charging into the first turn. Yeah, I was trying to get, I couldn't get the bike to shift. Like, I still was still, you know, I've never ridden that bike before. If I could have grabbed another gear when I was trying to, I think I could have powered around him. Uh, but, yeah, I basically was second right there with Coop, and then uh, it all came apart. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Uh, what happened? Like, just the bike just... Just look uh, like I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to blame it on myself because uh, that's just the right thing to do. I really don't know. Like, I kind of I hit the brakes, and it's. I guess I must have just stalled, stalled it. it. I don't yeah. really know. Oh, um, and and then I tried to bump start, and it wouldn't bump start. And then, uh, I was, then I was just terrified of somebody plowing into me. Which and K-Dub actually did quit me. Yeah, yeah, yeah K-Dub kind of plowed into you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, broke my throttle housing, and that was all she wrote. I apologize for laughing, but all this build up. Uh, is I mean, it, yeah, it was, I mean, it's funny now. It was 
the only, really the only thing I was bummed about was that I didn't get to ride more because right. I, I for sure couldn't have stayed with Ricky or Wyndham or Raynard or Perry. I don't think. Uh, but I think I could have got fifth or sixth, which, whatever, right. I, don't, I really don't right. even care about that. But I just missed out on the, the four more laps, which is what I really wanted. Right, yeah, no, it would have been cool. It would have been awesome. Um, let's talk about that first. Obviously, we're right into it here, the legends and thing. Um, uh, Weege, it was pretty cool. Pretty, pretty People were pretty pumped up. Yeah, uh, the JT thing, man. Yeah, that was spectacular. I mean, well, I managed to get into the truck, and we had to do some rehearsal stuff, but I did see the very start. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, he got the jump. This is going to be awesome. And then uh, and then the fact that your throttle housing breaks, too, you know what I mean? Like, you could have gotten up. You know, that's most of the time that's not going to happen. So, just spectacular. No, someone must have, someone must have hit the, like, someone must have hit my throttle when I, you know, at some point when the, I was falling down or whatever. Um, cause yeah, it was broken clean in half. It's pretty bad. So that, you know, if, if otherwise I jumped right up and could have taken off, like right. no big deal. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Especially electric start. You would have been right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No worries. Right. Yeah. No. And, and that would have been fun at least to go. Cause I think I could have gotten super like I actually felt pretty decent and, um, I felt like I could go not race phase of what I used to be, but not too terrible. So I think I could have like right. been in it for at least half a lap or so. Can we talk about 53-year-old Guy Cooper being the first guy to bust out the uphill triple that's over 100 feet long um, uh, on the man. second lap? We just was your – you said we – I'm going to quote you. We watched practice okay. down on the track together, down in the first turn. We were down on the starting line and everything. And I'm going to quote you. You said that's the best thing that's happened all year. <laughs> it is, man. It is like that – like these dudes never change. Like this is Guy Cooper. I mean, there are stories – you could probably go back to, what, 1985, 1982? Yeah, 1983, or something like this happening, where there's a huge jump, and just I, I said he's the OG NFG, but does not care, <laughs> is not scared. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so, and I don't think it's unfortunate for Coop. He's he's just a little before, like his his time was I think a little too early. The sport's gotten a lot bigger, you know, in the McGrath years and whatnot. So I don't think a lot of the people even necessarily know his deal. Like they're probably like, yeah, I've heard of him. He's a good rider, but. You have to know that the jumping, the jumping is where it's at for him. <laughs> right, for him right. to be the first to jump it, perfect. Yeah, and it's like he told on an interview on down the line, he's like, well, I don't like bumps, but I like the jumps. <laughs> yes, you do, Coop. <laughs> yes, you do. And uh, Stanton, Stanton told me, can you believe that guy? And I'm like, I said, some things never change. And Stanton's like, nope, nope. Uh, and like, it's just, so it's just awesome. He's 53. <laughs> The jump's huge. He he doesn't ride all that much, and he just jumps it. Like, it's just... Uh, Not a single 250 guy jumped it the whole time, right? I don't think any 250s ever jumped it. No, no nobody no, did it. No. Um, right. So and I, I, don't think TV, I don't really think TV does it justice or pictures or Instagram videos or any of that. Well, anything. That jump, is, that jump is big. Well, I mean, it's legitimately a big jump. You didn't jump it until Saturday, JT, and Timmy Ferry didn't jump it at all. So, yeah, I, mean, I had uh, I had some some bike, basically not issues. I just wasn't used to it. I've never even ridden that model of KTM before, so mm-hmm. I was kind yeah. of a fish out of water really bad on Friday, and I took a lot of heat for not jumping it. I knew I was going <laughs> to jump it on Saturday, but yeah. you know, I is it wasn't anywhere ready yet? It's pretty much third full throttle. Yeah, just it's, it's just wide open. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much everything you got. Right. Um, no, and just. Yeah, uh, Ricky jumped it. Emig jumped it. Went, you know, Wyndham jumped it. A lot of guys jumped it, and then you know, you two, JT, obviously. But uh, 
But Cooper just Did being... Did jump it? I never saw Fro jump it. Yeah, Fro jumped it. Yeah, Fro, okay. in practice. Um, okay. Uh, to see Cooper do it, though, just... Yeah, just first. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? For whatever reason. It's just, it's just epic. Um, God. People... Were, good, though. I know you're getting that, Steve. You and I went down to watch practice because I was somewhat on the fence only because... I mean, obviously, I'm not against these dudes coming out and racing. Obviously, the concept is good, but I was just worried how it would look. Like, what if the dudes look slow? What if it was like, oh, man, these... They, they shouldn't be doing this. They're actually, like, tarnishing themselves in a way. But as soon as I watched practice, it was like, no way, man. It, they, look, they look the same. Like, yeah. It looks like you're just watching Emig and Wyndham and Carmichael and all these guys and, and Timmy. The riding styles look the same. They were generally on bikes that were what they similar, mm-hmm. you know, brands and gear and stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, really, really cool. It's better than I actually thought it would even be. Um, I thought it was awesome. I think the fans really dug it. Look, I, I got call-in shows. I got Twitter. You know, I, I, I like to think that I... I have a good um, pul- I got a good feeling for the pulse of fans and in you know, all these shows that I do and everything. And legitimately, uh, I was very surprised at how many people really cared about this race and really thought about it and really w- loved it and, and all that stuff, you know. So, I mean, kudos to MX Sports, Tim Cotter for putting this together. I think they should do it again. I think they should do three or four races. And I know this is crazy talk. They should pay these guys, you know, five hundred bucks to come out and have a ten guys. If you bring your bike and everything, pay them a little bit of money for their expenses because, you know, none of these guys want to do that kind of stuff and make this thing happen. Get a title sponsor for it. Like, seriously, there's something really – I think there's something here in this thing. I'm a little worried what it will become at that point. I think uh, I think just having it once a year – they definitely should have it once a year. Definitely don't only do this one time. I think having it once a year gives it a really more of a, a festival kind of atmosphere. I'm just mm-hmm. worried what happens when you basically – Three race series, two race series. At that point, they're just not retired anymore. They're going to be trying. They're going to be training in March to be ready in May, and then riding all summer. I don't like what that does. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I actually agree. I actually agree with you, each. Um, talked yeah. to a few people since then, obviously about this whole deal. It's kind of was the talk of the weekend, and I was talking with, actually with Marshall Plum this morning, and he's like, "Oh, we need to do three or four races," and I was kind of like, "Eh." From talking to guys this weekend, they, you know, everyone retired for a reason. We don't want right. to be on that training schedule and stressing about racing or worried about racing or even thinking about racing a lot. You know, that's why everybody retired. I think for a guy like Todd Hoop or somebody like a guy who still races, Robbie Raynard, I think it'd be really cool. But I, right. you know, I don't think those guys are the draw. I think it's guys like Ricky and Wyndham and Stanton. I don't necessarily know if those guys want to do more than just one time, have a great time on the weekend, and, and you know, call it a year. I think that's going to be the, the ticket to making a success with just doing a one-off a year. Uh, okay, well, you guys just pooped on Christmas, so good job. Thanks. Well, I just don't think, I don't think guys, I don't think that most of the guys want that. You, it's, know, want that you can schedule, take it as, no, what's, what's schedule? You take it as serious as you want to. You don't. Nobody says you but need to do. I don't, do I don't think guys want to go to that many races or worry about racing you, that much. I, dude, I really don't think you have so. one race in Southern California. You get all the SoCal dudes come out. You have the Indiana race again, which you get the Stanton and the hoops and these dudes. And God, who can forget Trevor Vines and all the memories he's given us over the years? <laughs> <laughs> Was that bad? Was that bad? Uh, I like Trevor. He's a nice guy. But I mean, come on, come on. JT, they were giving you crap on Vital MX about being in this race. Yeah, which I, I can understand. I mean, I there's no way I would ever consider myself 
a legend or a hero. Every time someone said that, I was like, just stop. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> stop. That's not what what I'm about or what I consider. Uh, I would never want anyone right, to right. say that to me in a serious tone. I'm a, I'm a dick. Then. Um, I'm fine, I'm a dick. But um, I no, thought, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, I think it's good to have more than six guys on the game. Yeah, which yeah. Is what it would have been. Um. So it was. I told. I was telling. I, t- I tweeted this out, and I told a bunch of people this, but. Like literally, like it was Timmy Ferry's race. Just that—that that was my career as Timmy Ferry's mechanic. Seriously, get a bad start, work your way up, get third, and Ricky wins. That was just—that's like <laughs> every race I went to with Tim Ferry's. Like seriously, it was just phenomenal how how that played out. I was just like, wow, two thousand three, two thousand fifteen doesn't matter. Same same shit happens. Um, JT, do we want to get into all these legends being upset? Do you want to talk about this? Because no. kind of, we do not. You, you, you were a patsy again. You, you were, you were, you were. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. You were Oswald, you were patsy. <laughs> oh, you guys! <laughs> like seriously, you can't even pull off a Legends and Heroes race without people getting upset. <laughs> you, can can you just put a little bow on this and explain in? even like one sentence what you're talking about because now people are going to be like what are they upset about now they're going to think well, they're upset about the track or something I there was do not some sort of plan this, and it didn't this, work out and this, people were mad this was supposed to I, I don't really know I yeah, talked to yeah, some people before I talked to people before the yeah. race and yep. somebody close to Carmichael who said hey these legends are going to like keep it close for four laps and then go all out on the last lap and I said on my shows that I thought that that was a cool idea nothing wrong with that but that I also mm-hmm. thought that these guys, once they put their helmets on, no one is going to pay attention to that. Like, they're just, they're not built that way. They're not wired that way. JT didn't win two German Supercross titles, you know, by doing these sort of things. So then it was supposed to be that way, maybe. And maybe I think that was for real. And then somehow word got out. And, you know, I mean, JT was just talking to his friends about it. And Chad tweeted about it. And I knew about it, too. But I didn't know if it was serious. But I totally knew about the plan, quote, unquote. And then Chad tweets this out, and then and then ends up it. There's confusion on the line about what the guys are doing, and then the gate drops, and Carmichael takes off. Some people are upset that Carmichael just took off. Robbie Raynard just took off, and then some people were upset about this Legends race. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, they weren't upset. That's what they were upset about. They had this plan. The plan just didn't happen. But I just don't want to just say these dudes were mad because then they're going to be like, what were they mad about? Were they mad about money or track or safety? Yeah, they were mad about money. Or bike. They weren't happy with the payout. Yeah. yeah. No, but they weren't at the payout. It was, yeah, a, it, was a, was not. it was a dumb plan. It was a dumb plan. It's, no one's yeah. going no to do that, right? Carmichael even said it. He, you know, they interviewed him uh, on the live feed. Lurch uh, interviewed the guys at the end. And he even said, he's like, we had a plan, but these guys were going wide open. Carmichael so, said that? that? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, because other guys are saying we had a plan and Carmichael was going wide open. <laughs> well, I think it's like you can't figure out, you can't read their minds and figure out when he realized who who went first that made everyone else say, oh, crap, I guess we're really racing. You know what I mean? He did win, but, uh, I mean, to who, oh, the first jump that Godzilla, like, watch it again on the first lap, to who comes up like 10 feet short. Oh, does he? It's so bad. <laughs> going for it. Yeah, that was a good and one. And then he almost goes over yeah, and then he almost goes over the bars and like that roller section toward the end of the lap, going for it. So I don't know if it was him, or if it was Raynard, or or what it was. So then, me being the inve- he started racing and it made everybody else realize, oh crap, we've got to race. So then, and me then being the, anyone at that point, me being you know Woodward and Woodward and Bernstein, the investigative journalist that I am, 
I was trying to get to the bottom of this with Tim Ferry. And all he kept saying was, I was trying, dude. And I'm like, Timmy, I know you were trying. But, like, what what were people saying? I was trying, man. I was trying. Okay, like, okay all right. I got, I'm getting nowhere with Tim Ferry. He, he was not aware of any plan. He knew nothing. He just kept repeating that he was trying hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. JT? Yes. Would you like to comment on any of this? No. <sighs> first, first, he, he, <laughs> you, you practice, you know, you put in a big effort for this. <laughs> it goes terribly for you. Let's be honest. It just goes terrible. No fault of uh, your I own. I got a good start. I, I think it was only going to go downhill from there. And then, after, and then afterwards, you're embroiled in this controversy. <laughs> like, just pooping on your Legends and Heroes complete day. I feel bad for you. I really do. You're my buddy. I feel bad. I had a rough, had a rough night. <laughs> uh, um, well, Move on to the race. I thought it was good. I, let's do it again. Let's do, let's do a 10-race Legends and Heroes series, 30-man <laughs> gate, <laughs> purse money and everything. I really, I really hope that they do it again. I really hope that I am allowed to do it again because I will be honest with you, I had a great time. I really did. From building up to it, to riding the day before, to riding right. back that morning, just the whole thing I thought was awesome. I would love, love, love to do that again whenever they choose to do it. That was a great experience. Well, I mean, you're, you are a fan of this sport. So, I mean, I don't know. If I'm in your shoes, coming in the first turn with a guy, Cooper, I think would be pretty cool. But yeah, until he tries to put you into the left side of the, the arch. Right, right. Um, yeah, that was a little bit less cool, but. Props to uh, props to Cooper and Stanton for running the actual retro gear. Like that's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Not the jerseys though. I think they only ran the pants. No, no, no. They had the jerseys. Uh, Cooper changed. No, no. Cooper had Cooper had uh, modern pants on on Friday. I know that. Yes. No. 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 For the race, he put on retro pants, and Stanton. Okay. Stanton busted out brand new 1990 MXDN stuff that he had. He said still in bags. So. Okay. Pretty cool. I just saw the I saw the setup Friday, and Cooper had like new pants on with an old right. jersey, and I yeah. like kind of covered my face, and then I was checking out the porn. <laughs> um, no, it's pretty cool. Uh, let me just ask you this, JT: Do you blame Chad Reed for any of this? Um, <laughs> do I blame him? Shades no. Shades of taking photos of you and standing in whoops as your innocence, where you're yeah, like, yeah, it's the first time I've ever gotten yelled at because of him. No. Right. Right. Whatever. I mean, I I don't know. I just I did. I know I didn't set out to cause controversy or start any problems. Of course or not. Anybody any grief? Of course so not. I know that. And that's all I can really golf up. You were happy to be there. You were pumped to be there. Oh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I right. Would, that's why I would do anything to do that again. Like that was just an amazing experience. If you beat Ferry, I was filing a protest because you had JT the money sign on the back of your jersey. I don't believe that's legal. Why? I think you got to have your name there. Like you didn't out. even go through check or anything. Well, if you would have beat Ferry, you, there would have been a protest filed. I would have taken that Thor hammer and beat you over the head with it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the race. Um, poor Marvin. Ah, Weege too. You're part of the broadcast crew. You guys moved 250 motos to to the end of the day to provide drama and excitement. The KTM team is as reliable and as stout as you can get. Uh, Frankie 
terrific mechanic, uh, Marvin's guy, and literally on a second lap, his bike breaks. Like, ah, poor Marvin. The whole thing kind of goes out the window a little bit, although, like, you know, the second moto turned out to be closer than probably most people thought, but uh, Weege, I'll start with you. Like, what a bummer for Marvin. Yeah, it was a bummer all around. You know, I think what was cool about Marvin and Jeremy is that they're they're good dudes. You know, they're respectful to each other. I think they even knew that it was cool uh, for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. it was cool for the fans. It was cool for TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they thought it was exciting. Like, they kind of understood that uh, this was really an historic thing going on here. So I think they knew it was cool. Everyone knew it was cool. And the honestly, there was only one thing that could happen to ruin it. I mean, you're going to the final round two points apart. It's going to be a battle. There's only one thing that can happen, and that never happens. <laughs> no, no. And, I mean, there's literally no way now. You know, Jeremy, obviously, at that point, just road safe. He went 4-9, so you don't really know what he had. Marvin was ahead of him, for whatever that's worth, for a lap and a half. You know, you can't even begin to guess. We'll never know how this is going to turn out. There's no evidence you can use at all. Um, yeah, sorry, I was just talking off air. Um, okay. JT, what do you think? Yeah, we're just a bummer. I mean, it's really hard to not like Marvin. Yeah, I, I would bet even the guys on, you know, the Yamaha Star Team. Is it still Yamaha? By the way, it's Yamaha Star Racing. Okay. Well, when uh, when Weege and his jerk off buddies aren't making fun of the team, yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever, I would. I would I bet what podcast that is. I wonder where that happened. Huh. <laughs> I would bet that uh, even those guys are like, man, you know, that he's a nice guy. They wouldn't want to see it go down like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a bummer. I mean, it, you you can accept losing, I think, if you just get beat. But to lose like that is not good for anyone. You know, I don't think Jeremy would want to win that way. Surely he'll take it, but um, I think he would rather just gone out there and beat him. But just for everyone, fans, racers, yeah, even the you know the, the whole industry was kind of let down. I think just because it you know kind of ruins the anticipation of it. So I felt incredibly bad for Frankie. Um, I felt really bad for Marvin. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody included in the whole team because it's that you know this is this is dirt bike racing. Any kind of any kind of motor racing, this stuff happens. Things break. You know, you see it in every form of yeah. you know, car or motorcycle racing out there. These things just happen. But like, unfortunately, it just happened to happen this weekend. Yeah, it didn't happen in practice. Didn't happen three races ago, or what? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just yeah, oh. sure. no. But I've heard you even say it. I mean, dirt bike break. Oh yeah, no. Thousands of thousands of moving parts inside of a motor, and um, at any time things can go bad. But oh, what a bummer for Marvin for sure. But and look at like I don't. I guess we can't. We you can't say like, oh look at Martin's crash and his ninth and the second moto and if things had held together for Martin. I guess you can't really say that because who knows what Martin is thinking? You know. In that last second moto or whatever, but yeah, you could tell you could tell in both motos. I think that he wasn't riding uh, normal. Yeah, and it goes back to that thing I always say when somebody's like, "Well, this dude will take a two-two, yeah, yeah. three-three yeah. points." So like, they don't ride that way. It's like you, these guys, they ride one way. They they ride as fast as they can. And once you're in the don't ride fast, and I said on the TV show, I'm like, I can guarantee out of the gazillion of laps that O'Mara had, Jeremy Martin do this year. They never had a, now let's do a lap at 75% to protect points in case Marvin's bike breaks. Let's practice for that. You know, mm-hmm. it had to be a strange situation. And so again, you can't at all, I mean, somebody's probably going to be dumb enough to say, look, Martin struggled. Marvin would have beat him. But that's, yeah. he wouldn't have ridden, he wouldn't have gone 4-9 if, I, uh, uh, if he was going for the title. Yeah, no, absolutely. I watched, um, let me ask you guys this. 
someone had to let Jeremy know that Marvin was out, right, with the DNF. Because Plessinger, yep. they did, they must have let him know. Do we know yeah, that? He went backwards. What? He, he had to have known. Cause, yeah, he went backwards. He yeah, got passed yeah, so I mean, by uh, Nelson also. Well, and Webb, Webb beats him, and Plessinger passes him, and, like, you know, I, I'm hoping that there's someone at Star is telling him this, that these guys aren't just racing him, you know? So, like, all three dudes had to know that Marvin was out. Because I was sitting there going, and this is, this is obviously, you know, post-race, you know, um, what's the saying? I'm, I'm not working on Time a lot of Thank you. I'm not working on a lot of sleep here. But, like, I was thinking to myself, hey, Plessinger and Webb, like, you never know how the second moto is going to go. If Jeremy wins this moto, 25 points, he clinches. Yeah. And we, were, I, we were actually talking about that mid-moto. Who? And I were texting each other that. Who was? You and I. Really? Oh. Remember, I remember. Do you remember when I texted you and said that if they, if they yeah. let Martin back yes. by to win this moto, the title's over. Uh, you know? I did, I and, and you had asked me like, do you think that they are, you know, discussing that or whatever? And I'm like, probably not. It doesn't well, seem that way. Um, no, it didn't seem that way. As Plessinger was putting heat on Jeremy, right? Right. Well, um, once they got around him, I'm like, you know, if if you are Steve Lamson, aren't you on the radio saying, "Hey guys, flag these guys down. We'll pay them bonus money, whatever they want." We can end this thing right here. Kind of, like right? Now, right? right this second, we can end the moto. And, of course, Jesse Nelson got in there and ruined that whole plan. Yeah, but. but at a certain point, that was the deal. Like, they I, could end the title right that second. I think I'm doing that. If I'm if I'm Yamaha, if, if I'm Lampson, right if I'm McCarty. If Jesse, yeah. If Jesse Nelson hadn't gotten in there, I would have. I think I really would have done it. I would have written on the pit board, you guys got to let him back by. Because just like anything can happen, just like anything can happen to um, – uh, Marvin, anything can happen to Martin. So, what do you think, Weaves? Like, is there? Are we going somewhere with that, or what's your thoughts? Yeah, but I think the problem is uh, Webb had an eleven and a half second lead on Martin um, by the time Martin got the second. I feel like the teams kind of know and the brands kind of know you can only cheapen it so far to where you're kind of diminishing <laughs> the returns of racing and winning titles. You know, ultimately they're racing as a like a brand and marketing exercise, right? If you start cheapening it too much, you're you're not going about racing the right way, and you're going to get accolades from some people for winning, but some people are going to say Yamaha sucks. They, that's not that's not a fairway race. Mm, okay. When it was last week, and Martin was rolling up on Webb, and he was right behind him, and it was almost inevitable he's going to pass him. That's one thing, but it was 11 and a half seconds. Like Webb was going to have to slow up so much. I think that just cheapens it, and they'd rather not uh, play it that way. Although I do agree, the way this season has gone. When Marvin went out, I'm like, there's a chance this is going to happen to Martin in the second moto because that's the way the year has been for both of them. They yeah. each have bad luck and yeah. crap happening constantly. Yeah. I think I would have done it. You had, you still would have had it take Nelson out of it for a second. You still would have had all three of your guys on the podium for the moto. Yep. You just would have changed up the order. I, I, I understand what you're saying completely, Leach. I just yeah. think that it's too important. There's too much on the line to take a chance for that start again. Saw big crashes on the start. Shoot, yep. Aaron Martin crashed in the second moto. What if he had snapped off his, you know, snapped off a clutch lever, snapped off something, you know, where he couldn't continue? I mean, it could have been disastrous. You know, I, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if I could have, if you could have even orchestrated it from the pit area to do that, but, man, it would have been very tempting. Can you imagine if if Jeremy did do that and Marvin had to get, uh, what was it, second, right? He would have had to get second to win the title and 
Oh, that would have been high. I don't think he could have caught those guys, though. He was trying. He was, yeah. No, but I'm just saying the drama would have been yeah. high. But, I, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Weech, I think uh, I think you're wrong on this one, Weech. I think you're just going to have to just take it because, I think mean, JT. You brought up, uh, you bring up another good point with the, the pit board thing. I think, um, well, JT, you can answer this best. I think people overrate how effective the pit board is. Like, getting messages across and explaining things, half the time the dudes don't even, like, see the thing, right? I think like, how I, easy is that even to accomplish? I held a pit board for 11 years. I think I'm better at this than JT. Well, you held it, but what about the reading of it? Well, the riders have to what I'm going to say is that, yeah, I held a pit board. We tried to get messages across. It never worked. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Well, I shouldn't, okay, I shouldn't say never. I shouldn't say never, but, yeah, it was, it was, it's hard. It's, yeah. it's not easy. You said the word, or, one of you said the word orchestrate, and I think that's totally, that's a huge part of this. How do you even get it to happen? Like, Sands are just going to say, well, they put it on the pit board. Dude, that's less than 50% reliable. <laughs> yeah. I would even wondering in that situation when Marvin's out, you know they're putting it on Jeremy Martin's pit board, but then I'm always wondering if you're him, like, Wait, did I read that right? Should I slow down? Right. Did I, are they really out? Because there's no way to know for sure. You unless you, them. unless you, actually, though, one thing I'm surprised about with these guys over the years, including JT, is how much these guys out on the track know what's going on, especially more so in Supercross, maybe. But maybe Martin rode by Marvin, pushing it off or, you know, somewhere along the line. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to Plessinger. First ever uh, win. Um, first ever national win here. Uh, I was in the announcer's booth all day, Wygant, the uh, the live oh. announcer. So, oh, did you help? I did actually. Yeah, yeah. I provided all some right. insight into the Canadians, which we'll get to in a second. And um, yeah, I, I think I helped. I don't know. Anyways, um, oh, my wife is uh, listening to me record this. Said that Martin said in his podium speech after the first moto that he saw Marvin off to the side of the track. I didn't. I didn't see that. So, oh, so Marvin did know. So Martin did know that Marvin was out. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. But anyways, uh, so I was up in the announcer's booth. Rodney Tomlin. Tomlin or Tomkin? Tomlin? What is it? Tomlin. Yep. Tomlin was out there, and he was going on and on and on because he is the voice of the GNCC series. Oh, he can go on. <laughs> he, he was going on and on and on about how Plessinger is, you know, has ridden the track so much and he's you know he's from ohio but this wasn't far and i mean the gncc track's a lot different than the moto track and obviously but how much did that help aaron if at all in your opinion like his riding his win how much did rodney how much does rodney write about this um first of rodney david Iser of dmxs radio the original and still best during it uh, radio yeah. show uh likens rodney tomlin he says that's Roddy Tomlin is sitting the cruise control on 65. We just need to eat up some miles here. <laughs> eat up some it, miles. It, it is, it is yeah. true. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's West Kane? What's West uh, If Rodney's 65 and cruise, what's West Kane? Well, that's actually one of the best moments at Loretta's when you get Wes and Rodney announcing a moto together. I mean, it's fire and ice, Jekyll and Hyde, um, <laughs> chemistry, oil and water. Uh, anyway, as far as Plessinger, I don't think it helps as far as uh, – First of all, that motocross track was only built three years ago. Right. They've never, I don't think he's ever ridden it besides last year's national like everybody else. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is that, uh, as Cooper Webb actually said on the podium, it was so rough and nasty and rutted. I mean, you could definitely see the second moto like working the edges. Oh, yeah. They were one side of the track to the other. I think just in general, the unbelievably beat down conditions were probably a 
helping uh, a woods guy who's you know never riding on groom tracks and just dealing with mud and ruts and mm-hmm. ridiculously difficult conditions. I think that helped. I don't think the facility itself. He, right. he hadn't ridden there any more than anyone else. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. Yeah. And uh, and also too, JT, um, that place was nasty. That track was was nasty. Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually on Friday we rode the track for the first time about five thirty on Friday afternoon, and the amateurs had been on it all day. Don't get me wrong; they had beaten the you know mess out of it all day long. But it was one of the roughest, most rutted tracks I'd ever ridden on. Um, and I actually told somebody, I'm like, if they don't fix this thing somewhat before we go back out there, if it's like this again, someone's going to get hurt because it was, uh, it was that rough and that beat up. Unfortunately, it wasn't that bad uh, Saturday, but it was still, man, I, I walked around it Saturday afternoon, late in the day, uh, trying to, you know, tear down our fly stuff. And man, it was yeah. rough. So I, I know what those guys were going through and, and it was a really tough end of the season for sure. Hey, Weech, what are you doing? Who's, who's making that noise? Stop it. Not me. JT, stop Muted, it. Muted, JT. Stop it. It's like you're in a wind tunnel yeah. or something. Hey, uh, JT, yep. does does Plessinger remind you of Wyndham? He does to me. Uh, not yesterday. <laughs> what are you, are you talking about? Wyndham's <laughs> performance on the track yesterday, or, or what do you mean? Like, uh, am I missing the joke? Uh, no, no. I, no I, I don't know. I mean, is it just the lankiness? Yeah, kind of like, um... Yeah, the lankiness, I guess. The, the yeah, the, the like the Yamaha, maybe the Wyndham on a Yamaha, Russell, like tall dude. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the the lankiness makes him look similar on the bike, but that's that's about really the only uh, comparison. I don't know. Wyndham has such a unique style on the bike, right? Uh, that it's hard. I, I've really never seen anyone ride with the same look as Wyndham has. He just has a very unique style, to which him. is actually like not a not a picture perfect style. You wouldn't teach Wyndham style to somebody. I don't know that you can. I, I right. don't see anything that's wrong with it. I just don't know that you can teach, you know, the, the things he does. Okay. He, does, he does things so effortlessly. I don't know. I just, maybe it's the Yamaha, the tall kid on the Yamaha. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could do that. Um, uh, Weege, my wife wants to know also, uh, she says that you pronounce Plessinger one way and Georgia pronounces it another. Yeah, uh, and uh, let's discuss this. So at the press conference in Washougal where Plessinger makes the podium, Georgia goes to the press conference. And then I did not go to the press conference there. Aaron Hansel went. I talked to other guys in the pit. And Georgia says, hey, I went to the press conference. You will not believe this. Aaron Plessinger said it's actually Plessinger. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. He told everybody it's Plessinger, not Plessinger. So she's like, we need to say it that way in the show. And I'm like, okay. And then who's the one that didn't say it that way? My wife says Georgia didn't, yeah. <laughs> no. And then GL, I mean, forget it. I mean, we've tried over and over. But the funny thing is, Georgia also, it took her a year and a half to not call him Marvin Musquin when, again, she goes further back interviewing him than right. anyone um, in Europe also. So I don't know what happened there, but it did, that's a real uh, TV no-no to have people working together and pronouncing names uh, Differently. not the same. So I didn't know what to do. I'm like, do I say it wrong just for the same or what? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who was more disappointed, Marvin Muskan or Grant Langston at not being allowed to ride the Legends race? <laughs> Oh, he was. He bummed. did a pretty good job. He was mentally prepared, I think, to not raise it. Yeah, I mean, so he just—he just—he had—he had obligations. He couldn't like the the time wasn't going to work out. They're like, GL, you can't do it. It's just no way. No, I know. He was saying he fell fast though. <laughs> fell fast. Um, but what do you? You can't race at twelve thirty and do a live TV show at one o'clock. Although <laughs> I wouldn't think. Well, I think Jay- their point is who who else would bring it? But yeah, we actually had the biggest lineup of backup 
analyst we've ever had at one race. Yeah. Well, JT had plenty of time. If, if he was raised, he had to plenty of time to get to the booth. But, oh, I'm sorry, JT. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a dick move. Um, That's not very nice. Hey, how about Webb's? Webb won the first moto. How about Webb's second moto crash? Oh, my God. He's lucky. Yeah, it's a bad one. Yeah. Got up. Got lucky. Um, hey, let me ask that plus, plus singer here. Okay. Where, like, where the hell did this come from? Like, okay, he's ridden good the last few uh, weeks for sure. But he caught Webb in the first moto. And I was like, is something wrong? Like, Rodney? Who has run down Cooper? Who has run down Cooper Webb this year? Like no one runs him down. And Rodney said it was the track time. Sure, there you go. Like I, I'm not. This is a compliment to Plus Singer because he rode so well. Right. But I'm just saying that even after the last few weeks getting podium third and fourth, you weren't. I don't. Was anyone saying? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is Plus Singer is going to run Cooper Webb down, just miss the first moto win, and then just dominate Moto Two. Yeah. Did anyone? No. I, I just. He was great. I was, and like. Yes. And like Jesse Nel- I thought Nelson, because I mean, look, it was muddy, a shithole last year, muddy. And so Nelson won one moto, and, but I thought Nelson was going to be the winner. I'm like, Jesse looks good. Like, he looks awesome. And then yeah. somehow Aaron caught fire about halfway through that moto, and it was over. And Savachi, too. Like, we were building up Savachi the last few weeks, how good he is, is and Plessinger just got him. Like, he passed him and left him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't where did it come from. Plessinger. Plus singer, I, yeah, I, I think he. I, oh, go ahead. I think he rides those conditions really well too, like ruddy, uh, kind of. I just I don't really have the right uh, adjective for those conditions, but he's he's really good in that situation. I think we've seen that all years when the track's ruddy and rough, and and you really have to uh, pick your way through ruts, but at high speed, he seems like he excels in that. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense looking back at it a little bit, just on the races he's done really well. Mm-hmm. Seem to be in that situation. Um, Remember that first uh, mud moto at Washougal? He was unreal fast. He was like three or four seconds a lot faster. Oh yeah, at times. Yeah, than everybody. Savachi yeah. rode well. Uh, Nelson, like I said, rode well. Uh, RJ Hampshire, JT is. I like this kid. He's figuring it out. His uh, second moto charge was great. He came from way back to get fourth. Good job by him. Yeah, he was. He was riding really well all day. Uh, he had that tip over uh, in the first moto, or I think the first moto would have been would have been great too. Yeah, uh, I think he would have been top five both motos if, if that yep. crash wouldn't have happened. Uh, and he was charging. I mean, he got uh, he was battling with Osborne in the first moto after he got back up, and he actually ended up getting Osborne back late in that moto, mm-hmm. uh, just proving fitness and, and a lot of things. So I, I you know his last few weeks um, have been actually you know great rides all the way yeah. around just the, the tip over utah and then the tip over uh, in the first motor else we could have seen uh three you know maybe podium rides in a row yeah uh, out of him yeah i know it's phenomenal uh alex martin was sick all day so no go for him um he got 20th in the first moto uh christian craig rode all right i thought and uh bichelia weeged bichelia has turned it on the last few weeks Yes, in a way, certainly on paper, but I still got to imagine that if your team, you're his team, and these are probably unfair the way they rank their guys, but he got a really good start, I think, especially in the first moto, and he still got passed by a few guys. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's a fair judgment, but I know how teams work. Oh, we got the whole shot. We did our part. We gave him a fast bike. Mm-hmm. Went backwards. Going backwards, this is why David Villeman once said, right, I will purposely start fifth because that's <laughs> what I'm going to finish. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's – Fair and unfair altogether. If he had started, you know, fifth and got fifth, right, or something, right. but unfortunately he started like second. Yeah. And that doesn't reflect well, unfortunate for him. He, uh-huh. He's riding good. All right. 
JT was all negative on Michelle yeah, last week too. Both of you guys just shitting on him. I'm kidding. Well, I'm, he, kid- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I was actually really impressed with his kind of staying power in that second moto. Even uh-huh. though even though Hampshire got him late, yeah. he was right in the mix there, top five the entire moto. Which is really my only complaint was that when he'd gotten the start before, he kind of got shuffled back to that you know seven through eleven type spot pretty quickly. But that didn't seem to happen yesterday. So good for him. Um, top Geico rider in the points. So yep. you can. Take your Hampshire and Smith and Craig hyping. Shove it. Um, Jordan Smith had a rough end of the Nationals. JT, your fantasy team, suffered because of it. Yeah, he's uh, he is brutal for fantasy teams. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, what else? Uh, what it? Uh, Hayden Melrose had a good day. 13-14, good job by him. Oh, getting back to Hampshire, I was talking to his coach, Tim Ferry. Perhaps you guys heard of him. And... Uh, mm. Timmy's like, man, the guy just he he almost tries too hard in a sense like like late in the race, he he just wants to win, Timmy said he wants to win. That's all he wants to do. He wants to just try as hard as he can every single moto and try to win. And if it's two laps to go and he's not in front, he's still jumping everything. He even if he's tired, he's still trying to do it. Like He's like he doesn't really think about like position track positioning and uh, another moto and hey, maybe I'll play it safe here. He just said he just just charges hard, as hard as he can, both motos for as long as he can, and doesn't really like you know take a take account of things. So, so I know he's the, he's uh, exactly like Christopher Stell. You're saying yes, yes, exactly a model, okay. a model uh, mirror. <laughs> um, all right, let's take a commercial break here. BTOSports.com, RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Uh, listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself money using the code PulpMX15. And also to uh, Dirt Cheap Helmets. Use the code RiderX for Dirt Cheap Helmets. They got uh, they got 40 buck helmets, including shipping while supplies last. HJC, Shelby, G-Max, and more. We'll be right back on the podcast with the two Jasons. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. DirtCheapHelmets.com is dedicated to protecting your head and your wallet. The site is hands down the coolest and easiest to use in the helmet world. DirtCheapHelmets.com is the one-stop shop to get helmets for you and everyone you love without breaking the bank. 
We have helmets for our grand opening starting at $40, and that includes free shipping. These are all new helmets that we get a great deal on and pass the savings on to the customer. This includes free shipping on all helmets and a no-hassle exchange policy. We have a wide range of brands including Fly, HJC, Chewy, G-Max, and more. Podcast customers can get 5% off these already smoking good deals by using promo code RIDERX. All right, and we're back on the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing, Utah, or Indiana, I should say. Indiana wrap-up, Jason Wygant, uh, Jason Thomas on the line with me. All right, uh, 450s, let's touch on that. Weed, you got to get going pretty soon, right? You're at the airport there. so um, Yeah, 50 uh, I want to thank Weston Pike for telling me that he was uh, fine and I should pick him in fantasy and then promptly pulling out with a rib injury, both motos, and um, screwing my fantasy team, which actually, after the race, when I told him that, he took great delight. Thank you, Weston Pike. Okay. Uh, Kenny Roxon's dad's interview was the talk of the pits. We did a, we talked a lot about it on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursday. We covered a lot of it. Um, yes, he got some help with Ryan Dungey crashing, but... Uh, Kenny Roxon showed something, JT, something to his team, to himself, maybe to his dad with that second moto win. Yeah, he was, uh, he was great. Uh, the second moto, was, even the first moto, man, when he charged through those guys at the end, uh, he was strong. Yeah. And uh, the second moto, I don't know. Dungey was catching him. You know, he, he was at the end. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of the race, he really wasn't doing much with him. So, I don't know if Dungey would have beat him. You have to think, just looking back over the motors, that maybe Dungey would have got him. But either way, uh, you know, Roxon did everything he could do. He got to the lead, and yeah, you know, he can't help it that Dungey crashed or Dungey did whatever. He didn't really care about that. He just went and he pulled away. So uh, it's a heck of a way to end the season, especially with all the turmoil that we talked about all week. Uh, that's that's a strong way to shut people up right there and and kind of deflect all of the you know, the negativity. So as you said, one win will kind of turn the tide and people will shut up. So he, he went out there and did it. Yeah. A nice way to end the season. It's been rocky. There's no way you can get around that. It's been a rocky year for the defending 450 champion. But uh, why again? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, it gives them a great way to go into this offseason mm-hmm. optimistic, which I think, man, if, if this weekend hadn't gone well after the week they had, it could have been a, a you know, could have been a tough entry into a long offseason. Right. I, I'm guessing we will touch that on the dad's interview a little bit that he gave in Cross Magazine. Like, I wouldn't look for Kenny's dad to be under the tent anytime soon. That was pretty brutal. It was, but I think what helped as far as the team goes, uh, you know, I think they've had their battles with him for a while, so I don't think it, like, hit them out of nowhere. I think they were all kind of ready for it. And, and from talking to Kenny and uh, his agent, Steve Aspen, on Thursday, I think it was when this all happened, you know, it wasn't like Aspen seemed all flipped out, even though he got beat on pretty bad in the interview himself. So I think it's just like, yeah, this is this is what happens with this guy. And um, when I could even see during the weekend, uh, Carmichael and everybody, it, it, there didn't seem to be any tension. I think they just know that this is the way Kenny's dad is. And uh, Kenny obviously went out of his way to try to make sure it didn't uh, mess with the team by getting out in front. And the, the point I made a couple times here, and I'll just say it again, every team does have struggles. And I don't think that anyone is saying, even Kenny is fully saying that everything his dad said was a lie. Mm-hmm. He hasn't said that. I haven't heard anyone at RCH come out and dispute every point line by line. I think the whole point really is that, yeah, there's been issues. Look at the results. Everybody had them. I'm sure there were issues at Barsha and JGR three months ago. 
Dungy full-on admitted that he used to flip out on the team and yell at Roger and when the bike wasn't working the way he wanted, he's had to work on that. I've even heard people saying that Tomac, who seems like one of the most mild-mannered guys, when the bike's not working, he gets mad. That's all typical and all normal, just the difference is it doesn't get out. And when you're trying to move in the same direction and fix things together as a team, mm-hmm. something like that can blow that process, can ruin it. You've got to keep that stuff internal, keep everybody you know, liking each other personally so they can all work together. So I think that was the big issue, trying right. to make sure that the team didn't fall apart because this is stuff everybody deals with. Yeah, I, lo- I love the Kenny's interview. Kenny's dad's interview. He said that you know they were having trouble with suspension or whatever. So he brought a guy from Germany to work on the suspension. Like I've been on a lot of teams. There's no way that's acceptable. There's, that's not acceptable no. to anybody to bring a guy from Germany to look at your work, open the suspension up and look at it and see what you're doing and blah blah blah. Like I, the dad seemed upset that the team wasn't down with this. It's like really. No team I know is down with that at all. No, so, no. I don't know. And it comes down to um, the point we make on this show with a million different topics, which is there's very little give and take in the sport. It's always I'm smart and they're idiots. Every trainer is the only smart trainer. Every agent is the only smart agent. Everybody else is an idiot. Every other team's stupid. Yeah. The team you're talking to at the time is the only smart one. So I'm sure that's what it is. Like, you know, I'm sure from Kenny's dad's perspective, this is easy. Just do this, and this will be the fix. Why are they too dumb to know it? And I'm sure the team's like, that's ridiculous. That'll never work. He's an idiot. And this, again, goes on all the time. And I know also the thing the fans will always say is, you know, Kenny wants a certain setup. Give it to him. Well, I don't think it's quite that easy. It's not like Kenny's given to them with uh, shim specs and clicker rebound adjustment. Say, just do this. He's probably saying, I don't know. It's doing this and this. Can you fix it? And they're trying to figure out how. It's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh yeah. it was uh it was an intense week for Kenny and everything else and we'll see what happens from here. But uh I wouldn't look for Papa Rocks. I think it was less intense than you would think. I think it was less intense than you would think. Like you saw Kenny walking around. Did it seem like a tense weekend for him? No, no. He's fine. No. I think he was he's really good at not caring about a lot of this stuff. I mean you see how it works on Instagram. He posts whatever he wants. Yeah. Sometimes people bag on him. He clearly doesn't care. Yeah. Really helps at times like this. Uh, Barsha, uh, seven, three first moto didn't go very well for him. He crashed in practice and hit his head, I guess. And that, that kind of affected him. Uh, second moto, he was leading for a while, dropped a third. He was kind of bummed after the race breaking news, by the way, he's talking to me. Uh, I think I, I realized it was okay. Maybe with him once he sprayed me with a pressure washer in the morning. So that was, I guess maybe his, his peace offering soaking me with a pressure washer. Uh, but, um, when did it stop? What? When did you have problems? I didn't know you had problems. I just I heard from numerous people that he was just not happy with me, and I don't even know for what. I don't even know what what I did, and I'm just like, I always just thought to myself, I picked you for the Supercross title two years ago, man. Um, but uh, or anyway, it's a challenge RV, anyways. Um, um, but anyway, so he wasn't happy with his moto, but um, I guess Kenny said something on the podium, like they said, "Hey, Barsha was winning or whatever. What what you think or something?" And he was like, "Yeah, I wasn't worried about him." And Barsha was not happy about that. Did you guys hear anything about that? I did hear it. I heard it when he said it. Um, and and he basically, said, he said pretty much that. He said he would, from what I remember, uh, you know, I can't quote him, but I, it was something like, I wasn't worried about him. I knew, you know, I had him covered or I could catch him or whatever. Yeah. And Barsha apparently flipped him off. And then Coy had to After like. That. Yeah. And then Coy had to tell him to calm down or something. So. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to have a, good, good. Fire it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're gonna have to have a whole. By the way, we're gonna have to have a whole podcast about Coy Gibbs going to the motocross nations. 
in France. Oh, it's going to be good times. We're going to have a great time with him over there. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fantastic. He wants to. Well, I don't think he's even going. I don't know if he's going. No, he's going. He's, he's going. He's going. He's decided he, to go. Yeah, I told me he's going. Yeah. Weed, weed, you got to come oh. in and fill this out, fill this whole thing out. Oh. He. Oh. He's gonna, he told me he's going to call Longo and sell some T-shirts. Longo. 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 It's going to be great. Is that Evan Longoria? Yeah. The, the, the North Carolinian goes to France. <laughs> he said he's never been out of the, he's never been to Europe before. No, yeah, I never been, that. never really? been to Europe. He went to Canada one time and they, they uh, thought he had a bomb, he said. He came across with positive bomb making material, so they tore him all apart. <laughs> and he's hated it. He's never been back. So. Oh, this is yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he left mm. the country one time and was accused of building a bomb, and that's it. He's never going, <laughs> never, never been back. <laughs> so, oh, this is great. Um, uh, Porcel, um, not a good day. Kind of like one of those no. things where you're like, okay, like, he, you know, he likes the track. He's good. He's going to be on it and just. Two hole shots. Yeah. 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 By the way, I, I would have won. Uh, I would have won on Fantasy Moto if uh, Chisholm hadn't gone down and Barsha would have been allowed to get his whole shot. So Yeah, Barsha blew the second one. Yeah, he did. Still second, but. Yeah, Purcell, not a good day. It. Anderson, though, a good day. Anderson's first moto was good. Second moto, uh, I think it caught up to him a little bit. He faded near near the end, but still third overall for Jason Anderson. And Tickle's uh, second moto was great. Tickle's second moto was like his first moto at Utah, Weech. How did uh, Barsha end up getting him back? Because we, we had Tickle getting him, and then all of a sudden I watched it at the end. I'm like, what? Um, he got him back by the but mechanics like, area, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He just picked it up. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Which is really rare to see. Usually, dudes, when you get caught and passed and reeled in, you don't have anything late in the race to get a guy back. But Barsha You know did. what, though? Sometimes sometimes when you know you're better than a guy, which I, I, I think in my mind that Barsha considers himself better than Tickle. I could be wrong there, but that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. When a guy passes you that you know that you're better than them, it, you're kind of like, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not that tired. Like, right. you're not beating me right now. Um, so, and that's generally what happens. Whenever I see that, because I know I've been in that spot before, a guy passed, and you're like, what, 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 what is happening right now? Like, no, 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 we're going faster. That's really funny you say that, JT, because in Utah last week, and no offense to Kyle Cunningham, but Nicoletti told me that was his trigger. Kyle Cunningham went around him, and he was like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm better than Kyle Cunningham. And he ended up getting Cunningham and getting uh, Chisholm and maybe another guy. But he said when he saw the 35 go by him, he's like, no, no. So uh, Grant had a quiet day. Nicoletti had 11-10, 10th overall. How about Colton Fasciati, everybody? We each? Uh, Let's go back to the hall. Let's go to the beginning of that first moto. Right? He passed Dunge. He passed. Dunge. Fantastic. What, what was the reaction? Like, I, I know the opposite. I mean, no, you've seen the opposite. Well. You've seen the opposite. Ford Field, so. We remember Ford Field in the press box with all the Canadian Moto Media assembled and Clat uh, crashing in an LCQ. Dream was dead. He's not going to make main event. He's not even a main eventer. And just all five of you in unison just putting your head <laughs> into your hand. So give me the give me the inverse when Fasciati passed Dunge Dude. and moved in the second. Oh, it was on. It's beautiful. Um, I mean, I didn't think it would stay. But, I mean, JT, you know. Uh, you know, JT. Uh, <laughs> Fasciati is a, a world-class rider. Uh, he is. He yeah. is. I think people yeah. would be shocked if they saw 
the level that those guys ride at in their home country. Yep. Um, so thirteen eleven for, and also too Tyler Medallia thirteenth in the second Medallia moto. Good. Dude, he and he hey he uh, he said he got caught up in the first moto with um, Daniel Herline went down on the uphill of that Godzilla thing. Yep. And Weege, that Godzilla thing, you got that straight now. You're very confused about Godzilla and Cooper and a step up yeah. and all that. It's very strange. The Godzilla jump is actually not as big as that triple. So no. Godzilla is actually the second biggest jump. How does Godzilla, or it might be the third biggest, but yeah. it's a quad on the other side. Yeah, How yeah. does Godzilla be the third biggest jump? <laughs> I don't know. But um, Medallia got caught up with her line, and then he was like, I'm not kidding, he was 30, 32nd. 34th, 32nd or 34th early in the moto, and he rode his ass off to get 20th with a rear fender sticking straight up. He didn't even crash. He just bottomed out, and the suspension was so soft that uh, it just pushed his rear fender right up. So, um, and then second moto, he got 13th. So, good job. And then Kevin Benoit, 1918. Just Canadians everywhere. Kyle Keast, Kyle Keast, 27-25. So I still want to know what's bigger than Godzilla. Is this like Mothra? <laughs> what are these other? Well, Return of Son of Mothra. We know you're super King big. Kong. We know you're super big on these yeah. types of movies, right? Well, I remember it being mentioned that there was a movie once, King Kong versus Godzilla, and they were generally the same size. Although supposedly Godzilla was 500 feet tall and King Kong was 60, but then in the movie they like brawled out. And, and did they you were pretty much toe to toe? And did you know that there's different endings for the mo- that movie? Uh, they fight each other on top of a mountain. They tumble down a mountain into the water, into the ocean. And the, the U.S. version has King Kong getting up and going off into the sunset. And the Japanese no version way. has Godzilla getting up and going off into the sunset. Two different, two different versions. No. So. No. Alternate endings. Yep. Hey, did Bogle's bike... Get the DVD now. Did Bogle's bike break in the a second moment? The Switzerland hey, ending, they both walk off together. Yeah, they're holding, holding hands. Um, no, that would be the Greece one would be with her holding hands. Isn't there lots of gay people in Greece, right? I think. Um, yeah, there are. Uh, Bogle's bike broke second moto, right? He, it broke and that caused a crash and then it hit his head. Oh, yeah. bummer. And Wilson, all wrapped up. and Wilson, uh, Weed, you and I were talking to Wilson at the end of the day and he crashed out in a second moto. So it was much more of the, um, season finale as they usually are. Where like a dude's a pretty good crasher, just like. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I'm done. Right. A lot of a lot of dudes weren't running. And then Dean actually was bummed because then he saw, I think he battled Trey pretty good in the first moto. The Trey ended up getting fifth in moto two. And he's like, man, if I just stayed out there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. who knows what I would have got. Because a lot of, yeah, who else? Baggett? Did Baggett not finish either? Uh, no. Yeah, Baggett crashed. Baggett crashed. crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Baggett. Yeah, definitely last moto of the year style. I brought my buddy Trevor to the last race from Canada. He came down because of all the Canadian invasions and everything. He came down. He left. Mm-hmm. He left after the end of the day, telling me that Blake Baggett might have been the most impressive rider to him because, and he and he's right. Baggett was fast. He, Baggett did the same thing this week that he did in Utah. You know, so he caught Kenny in Moto One. It's just the, the way that they, they got into a battle with Dean and a couple other guys, and Kenny kind of just had better moves and got through that traffic better. But he was going faster than Roxy in the first moto. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He was good, yeah. man. Baggett's been really good. I think yeah. his, I think he had an overall a very good outdoor season. A little under the radar. So. Um, I still thought, though, I have to admit, if you listen to our preview show, I thought there would be times where Baggett 
was, uh, you know, battling the lead. You know, it's not like we ever saw Baggett on the verge of winning a moto. No. So, Did you say yes that? No. Did you say that in the, pre- in, the, in the preview? Well, I said he'll be your biggest surprise, and you're like, but how do we gauge what it is? And I think I said I think there'll be times where you see him battling for the lead. Oh, you shouldn't admit that. Nobody goes back and listens to the old podcast. Oh. I thought everybody. T- I thought everybody had these like taped to their wall. Or <laughs> well, Ma- Davy Millsaps does. Yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be about the only guy. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, JT. Hey, JT. At the end of the day, I interviewed Kennard. You know, last week he refused an interview with me after Utah, and he said, "Is that okay to me t- this week?" And I'm like, "Absolutely." Like, you're pissed off. You don't want to do an interview. You don't owe me one. You know, or anything else. And he's like, "Okay, good." So we wanted to get that clear first. And I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. Like, if you unless you're on the podium, like, you know, you shouldn't have talked to any media if you don't want to. But then he told me, like, this week, he's like, he's better to talk. And he said, you know, I had that feeling, I've had the feeling lately, like I had at Washugo when I came back and broke my femur. Uh, two, three years ago now, he said, uh, I've had that feeling lately. And I'm like, so he's like, I just, you know, want to just be stay, stay safe and everything. But what do you think of that? What do you think of that comment? I don't know. How do you think he meant it? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. You're a writer. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to talk it out because it's the first I've heard of it. Um, yeah, go back and listen to my post-race podcast. He was like, I'm kind of, kind of, you know, I'm not too pumped, but I want to stay safe. I kind of kind of have that feeling like when I came back to Washougal and I broke my femur, I, I had that feeling out there, you know? So Yeah, maybe he just was uh, like out of control-ish. Pushing, pushing the edge a little bit to right. go that speed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he doesn't want to throw it away, you know, trying to right over his head. I, right. I would think that's it, trying to, trying to be the guy, you know, the, the guy that's up front winning and having to ride over his head and then bad things happen. That's how I would think right. it. Right. And that's kind of indicative of how he's been riding. So I think he's just trying to ride within his own limits, which is what I think, you know, Ryan Dungey does very well. It just happened that his limits usually really, really high. Uh, so I think, I think it's a good move for him overall because, the biggest thing he needs right now is continuity and uh, basically, you know, gaining momentum and and going into the offseason healthy so he can accomplish that. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I told him the kind of same thing. Like, dude, there's no title for you. Just go out, represent, uh, represent uh, Honda. Uh, you know, run up, up, run top fives and like whatever. You know what I mean? Sign autographs and be there for Honda. And I don't know. Yeah, if he- what Honda what Honda needs out of him next year is to be a hundred percent ready. Right. To contend for a title in January. That's what they need. Did you guys hear? I heard from a kind of reliable source that Honda talked to Roxon a little bit. Did you guys hear I that? I heard that. I heard that. I don't know if that's yeah. true or not. I don't know how true there was that Roxon's trying to get out of the deal, but I guess we'll see. We both. We ta- I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I did hear that. I don't expect anything to come from it because I don't think he will get out of his deal. Right. We uh, we all did hear that. Yeah, did we hear all that. said on the Moto Sixty show that we think that he's going to stay with RCH next year. Right. I think we all think agree that. Uh, Weege, yeah. what do you think of Benny Bloss's debut? You're an amateur motocross guru. Uh, yeah, in the TV booth, never saw him, so I don't know. Okay. I know he's tall. A lot of people were marveling at how tall he is. Yeah. Seventeen, fifteen. He was good. I liked him. Yeah, I watched him. Yeah, thought he was pretty good. He's obviously wears fly, so I watched him a lot, and he was good. He was in shape. Uh, he was not intimidated by guys whenever he was battling with them. Uh, uh-huh. I, I was impressed. I'd have to disagree with the fact that he was in shape. I mean, he's in shape relative to me, but he looked like he got tired. He told me after the race that he was not ready for – he's not in shape for that for that pace. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not going to get top 10, but right. I mean, like 17, 
what did he go? Seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty. Yep. Yeah, that's that's pretty decent. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. he was tired, but he still got fifteenth. Right. Chiz, so, I thought uh, it was fine. I mean, he did. He had been off a couple weeks too because of the concussion. Right. Weed, you got to go, or can you stay on? Got another minute or two. People Ch- are coming off the plane. Okay. So Ch- Chiz is mad at at all of us. He's mad at the media. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> we like echoes. Hmm. Mm. He he says, and he's got a point. Um, he says, like myself included, that we all talk about him. Like, as if he's set, as if he's got a great program. And when we're talking about privateer dudes killing it, we never bring up Chisholm's name. Uh, then we, we all know Kyle. We're all friends with personal friends with Kyle. So you have to understand his anger is just Kyle. Like, he's not, don't get me wrong. He, Kyle Chisholm, he's not, we all know him. He's not throwing things at me. Um, do you guys agree with that, though? Like, he's kind of saying, like, look, I'm doing better than a lot of guys that people are talking about. This dude's a privateer hero, and this guy's a privateer hero. And he's like, dude, I'm a full privateer. I barely get any money. He kind of broke down a little bit of salary that he's getting, which isn't much. And he was like, nobody's talking about kind of like, I'm the first guy like that's not making any money that's a full privateer. And he, he felt like the media didn't bring this up much. Who are we talking I, uh, about? And, uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Weech. I actually agree, I think. Um, he's really hard to classify because I think when you have these – and it happens a lot in the 450 class outdoors where some dude that you weren't really thinking about ends up having a really good year. The, the one that jumps out is like that great year that Gavin Grasick had one time. Mm-hmm. And there's usually something like that uh, every year or every other year. Um, I think part of what that's powered by is the almost surprise. Like, who is this dude or where did this come from or I didn't expect this. I feel like the problem is for Chiz, he's like number 11 and he's getting 11th and he's like – He's doing exactly what we think he would do, which is very good. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make you go, oh, my God, this dude was retired. This dude wasn't even racing. Where did this guy even come from? And right. he's getting 15th. It's like when Chiz gets 11th, we're like, yeah, Chiz is a solid rider. He gets 11th. He beats a few of the factory guys. and right. So well, I think that it maybe is our fault. We just, you pretty much said exactly what he said. Like That's what he kind of Bingo. said. Right. I, right. I agree. Right. Um, I agree. So, yeah, talk about it more, Weej. <laughs> but then, okay, so so, he, so he's kind of right. Yep. So, so he ambushed me about this, and he quote unquote ambushed his chiz. Um, okay. He ambushed me about this, but then he hit his head in the second moto. I was talking to his wife, making sure he was okay or whatever, and his wife said, "I said, does he remember yelling at me about you know not getting enough credit?" And she said, "Nope, he doesn't remember talking to you at all." I'm like, perfect. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So we can start talking Why about chiz. We can start talking about yeah. Chiz, and he's not going to know that he was mad about this, and now he's going to be happy. Do you see what I mean? It's like Completely back to, unprompted. It's like, yeah, he won't think that we're doing it because he said it. Right. It's like going back. Genuine, just is going to be genuine adulation over Kyle Chisholm. It's like we need Christopher Lloyd, and we'd be perfect. Like, this is ex- <laughs> we went back in time, and we can just fix yeah. the future. So... <laughs> Chisholm. Um, How about Chisholm? Chisholm's had a good year, guys. He's had a he, good year. I blew my way back. I didn't expect him to be this good. Great rider, but he really overshot the mark. I was like, where's this coming from with the budget that he has yeah. to go out there and yep. beat those factory teams? Just amazed. Privateer of the year. Oh, dude, let me tell you. Like, there's so many guys he's beating that are making so much more money than him. He's been doing great. Oh. You know, I will give you a perfect example. Uh, Langston and I were noticing 
how the 450 class was actually unusually deep here late in the year. Like they, it goes way outside the top 10. Look at that first moto battle between like fifth to 10th. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And usually by the end of the year, guys are hurt. They're mailing it in. But these, we had more guys come back than leave and everyone was still going for it. Well, but a perfect example of the Chisholm thing is, so last week we said in Utah, we're like, the top 14 guys were all factory riders. There were 14 factory riders. Well, one of the guys in there was Chiz, actually. Uh-huh. Like, we didn't, we still said there were 14 factory riders, but actually Chiz was one of the 14. But we're like, yeah, but that's Chiz. Yeah, but. So it wasn't like we were crediting him as a privateer, even though he was. Okay, let me play this game with JT. He's on the line. This is something Chiz brought up to me. Chiz said, how much do you think I'm making from O'Neill? What would you say, JT? I won't give the number out, but what would you say? Um, man, uh, Rock, just throw 20, come on. fifteen to twenty thousand. Oh, okay. All right, I was way off. You're not. I was way off. So, um, Pookie, my wife just said he pitted out of a rental car some weekend. She wants us to know that. Um. So, yeah, no, Weeds, you're right. So there's a perfect point. And getting back to the depth of the field, so Bogle and Wilson comes back. Sipes comes in. Now, he didn't, I didn't, Sipes didn't do as well as I thought he would do, fantasy moto purposes, but he's a solid rider. And then you added those Canadians in, right? So it was the Canard, Canard came back, too. Canard came back, too. Yeah. So about time, you guys. Andrew Short, oh, Andrew Short came back. Tucker Hibbert. Seth Rarick. Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, Darian Sena- Senye. So, what, what is it, JT? Sanai. Sanai. Uh, 15-15. Good job by him. Does he have a shot at Pro Circuit next year, or Mitch is full, right? Mitch is full, I think. Yeah. God, uh, some- Marshall Welton was good, too. 14-16. And I don't know yeah. anything about this dude besides, you know, so. He's Barsha's guy. Barsha adopted him. And I believe his bike has JustinMarsha.com graphics. Really? Yeah. He oh. like met him at Club MX. Marsha likes him, and he said he's helping him for Supercross, too. Oh, wow. Like, I think I better go. I feel like I'm walking into some sort of a time warp with the sound. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All right, we, we just... need to discuss one other thing while I'm gone. What? Um, in general, we, we didn't get a good read on this race last year because of the mud. So you guys need to discuss how this uh, event is uh, coming along now that we actually have decent weather to judge it. So make sure you hit that. Okay. See you, Weege. All right. All right. See ya. JT, uh, he's right. The race was good. Crowd was – I had one guy tell me the crowd looked light. I had one guy tell me it was packed. But it was a solid race. There was a ton, a ton of amateur guys there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I know you came in on the pro entrance. Yes. Like a, you know? Yep. I came in through the amateur side on Friday because they had a block, the pro side block for some reason. There are there were so many people there it was mind blowing. I, I was shocked how <laughs> okay. many people were there. Right. So I thought that was that was encouraging to see, and I thought the event went off really really well. I've heard they they have some really big plans for amateur racing uh, in the future there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think yeah, the, I thought it was a great event. I think the track is top five or six in the series. You know what I mean? Like it's good. it's right I, there. I wish they wouldn't have watered it so much. I was trying to tell them, like, hey, just stay off the water. Like, you guys don't need to water the rest of the weekend. Just park yeah. the water truck. Yeah, you know, other people said the same thing as you, yeah. And you actually rode the track, so, like, you're, you're talking from experience. Yeah, it was super deep, and they had it was so wet that it was never going to dry. You know, just 
they could have kept turning it over and turning it over with the disc, and it would have gotten better and better and better. Right. Just because they had done such a good job leading up to it, watering it. Yeah. I just don't, you know, I don't think anybody that was working on it was actually riding it. And <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, I guess it's kudos to them for being so attentive to it. But yeah. I think they, if someone that had ridden it had been allowed to kind of consult with them, they could have made it even better. I think they're, they do it out of, um, it's a, it's an error by like a, a an error by commission. Like they want to just be do a good job. They want to do a good job. They want to water, 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 water. But it's like you know, actually, just calm down. You know. Yeah, so. I think they could have watered some of the some of the areas they needed to water, like jump bases, just sprinkle, which they did. But it was really the thick sections. They would just spray them a little bit, and it would never let them dry. Like it right. stayed the perfect texture, but it was so deep that it never allowed it to dry. And then they could have dissed it and turned it over, and it would have gotten so incredibly awesome. And I haven't watched the race on tape yet, but so I don't know if you can if you can see how deep the ruts well, are in some of the sections. But we were literally riding down ruts like all the way down straightaway because it was so deep. So I think yeah. they could have gotten rid of some of that, turned it over, and let it dry a tiny bit, and the track would have been, in my opinion, the best of the year. I didn't watch much of the race yet either, but I I watched the legends bits because I wanted to see your awesome start. So apologize, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I I think that that track. Yeah, I agree. Canard uh, was also on point with what you said. He's like, dude, why did they just water and disc? Like it was so deep and like, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, yeah. So hard to ride fast, not hard pack. Uh, but yeah, right. it's 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 last year was just ruined because of the mud. But yeah, it's a it's a, a little far from Indianapolis for me. You know, I like my amenities. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, right. Yeah, I thought the crowd was good, and I think the track is in the top uh, top six, five or six of the of the year. Uh, there's no doubt about that, in my opinion. I think it's it's by far right in there. I think if uh, they take some constructive criticism, that it can be top three on the circuit. I really do. Um, it just has everything. It has elevation. It has great, great, great dirt. Uh, it has you know just it has everything you'd want. Uh, good jumps and and the crowd's good. So. Hopefully they, you know, it's only the second year. It's really the first year where they've actually been allowed to do anything with it. So I think they'll they'll get better, and I think it's great things to come from that place. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, anything else? What are we going to do? Uh, are we going to do some more of these pods in the off season? What are we going to do? Do we know? What are we going to talk about? Uh, are we going to do a season recap? Or no? Ah, I think we did enough recapping, didn't we? Yeah, probably. Uh, what we got? Got motocross nation coming up. Oh, you're just going to be angry on that one again. <sighs> yeah, not, I think not... we we have to do some kind of uh, pre something mid mid weekend something. But yeah, we got to we got to come I, up with some. I don't ideas. think this this nations is going to go well. I know I'm going to be accused of being anti American here, but uh, you know Dino was named to the Great Britain team this week, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but Anstey won again today. Like Anstey's yep. always more of a sand dude. You know, but now he's winning hard pack ish tracks. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's nobody in the I, class. I get it, but I personally think Jeremy Martin is better than Max Anstey. That's my personal opinion. So do okay. with that what you will. Right. Right. Okay. But I'm, Max Anstey is not a guy that I'm like. Oh, what are we going to do about Anstey? Well, I'm and just I, saying I this. Great. This great, I know he's winning. I'm saying this Great Britain team looks good. They look good. Simpson, Wilson, I like and our Anstey. Team, I don't. I don't hate our team. I'm not hating it, but I don't know. I think I the only Mike. The only thing I look at and I'm like, what are we going to do about that? Is France. 
that, that's what I was. Right. At. Yeah. Yeah. They're heavy favorites for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Home turf. That team is just right. crazy strong as it is. I don't know if we are the favorite in any class. I I, I can't find one where we're the favorite. MX2, MX1, MX2, or MX3, I don't think we're the favorite in any of them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, yeah. So maybe it just needs some consistency to win, you know, which yeah. USA has done a lot. So, has that ever happened with our with our team? Have we ever gone into the Motocross Nations? And this is, a good, this is a good topic maybe post on Twitter. Have we ever gone into the Motocross Nations where we weren't a favorite in any class? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You got a good point, yeah. Because I, I don't right. think you can say that Muscan's not the favorite in his home country. I know that I know Mark Peterman's title, but they're yeah, basically yeah. heads yeah. up. No. So going to Mar- Marvin's home country, I, I would have to give him the nod. The closest you'd say is Barsha's the closest to being a favorite in MX1, but he's not. Paul Lynn is is definitely he's, better. There's no way he's the favorite. Right. Right. No way. Well, I mean, I would say I would say DeSalle and maybe Caroli would be better, but neither one of them are racing. So. But I'm just saying over Barsha. I'm just saying there's no way that yeah. Paul Barsha is a favorite over Paul Lynn. No. Who I, and is Paul Lynn MX1 and Febra's MX3? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of weird that the world champion is going to be in X three. Yeah, but Paul, in, you know, Paul has put in some so many great. Paul has put in so many great rides at Disney Nation. So, but I think on that track, Porsche is going to be behind both of them. As far as the favorite, I don't know how the race will play out, but as far as the favorite, you know, yeah, placing odds on. Yeah, if we're in Vegas, which I am. Yeah, we're walking into an ambush there. I, I've been to these races with you a couple times, and I know how French guys ride in France. It's going to be tough. Right. All right. Uh, thank you. BTOsports.com, right, Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Thomas, uh, Jason Wygant, long gone. This has been the Indiana Wrap-Up, Legends and Heroes talk, some Disney Nations talk. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the recaps every week. We'll keep doing something each week at some point about something. But uh, thanks, JT. See you. Bye-bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show, presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike, I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. You crazy is they're not doing it if they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days they're fools they're different bikes different times the beast from the east damon bradshaw it got to the point where i didn't want to leave home and once i got to the race i wasn't into it if i wasn't going to give 100 percent, i'm not going to take their money the working class hero doug henry it was definitely an emotional moment for me just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. It's the day.